0: Welcome back to following No It On A Stormlight podcast. This week is episode 139, and we are covering four chapters of The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. We're closing out part two. Elliot, how are you?
1: Excellent, excellent. Excited to be learning more about our alamancing world of Mistborn. Well, I'm awesome.
2: At the time that you're hearing this, I don't actually know where we are in our release schedule versus recording schedule, but if you're listening right now, it's like, I don't know, a week or two until I get married, which is exciting. How cool. Or maybe I'm already married. I don't actually know what our schedule is like. I uh, yeah, You catch me on wanna... the fly here. I think
0: by next week's episode, you will be married.
2: Okay. Okay. Cool. Nice. Okay. That's cool. Either way, it's pretty, getting close. So life has been uh, rather busy, but really awesome, so... Grateful to be here, grateful to talk about Mistborn, and yeah.
0: Sounds good. Do you guys have two words to summarize episode 139? Elliot. Kung Fu. Okay. Paul? Wow, now I feel like I should just say,
2: like, fighting. Uh, my two words are ramping intrigue.
0: Okay, sounds good. Let's talk about Mistborn. All right, Elliot, would you be so kind as to give us a chapter summary for 13, 14, 15, and 16?
1: Sure. So our set of chapters, 13, starts out with Kelsier and Seizet and Vin just kind of debriefing from her first ball. Last episode, I think we saw the her first ball that she went to, so they just kind of compared notes and, and see what they learned Nothing too huge, I don't think, for this one. Pelsio then uh, takes off rather quickly afterwards, and Vin follows and discovers that he's using an Alamantic Road to travel quickly to Luthadel. So she bounces along behind him on the uh, the Alamantic Road, which was pretty pretty fun. Vin does catch up with Kelsier in Luthadel, and he says that he's going to the uh, the palace of the Lord Ruler, Pradik Shaw, and she insists on coming with him. She's very persuasive and stubborn, so Kelsier lets her come. Before letting her come, he does teach her about Atium and the powers that it can grant, and the abilities that you gain when you burn Atium, which proved to be very useful. They head into the palace, they break in, they kill a lot of guards, and then they run into three inquisitors waiting for them in the palace. And they fight and they get away just barely. Vin uses her ATM. Uh, Turns out the inquisitor also has ATM as well. So they have a bit of a duel. And uh, Vin is able to escape with uh, the help of Sayzed, who shows up and basically saves her from the. the inquisitor and that ends part two right there with uh coming to save the day part three starts off with uh with vin waking up after being in a two-week coma so she recovers she's okay but was, was out pretty hard for a bit there kelsey also survived he he shows up there random side note we find out that club's nephew i forget how to what his what his name was but we learned that he's been renamed he's now called spook, spook for some reason and uh i guess probably because his other name is really hard to pronounce which i can't even you know remember or pronounce it so spook i'll take it and then let's see last few bits here of chapter 16 vin gets back under the the guise of lady valette they need to get her back out in society so people aren't too suspicious we learn a little bit more about say zed not too much Ah, uh, does share at the very end that there is a common assumption that uh, Kelsier's wife Mare is the one who betrayed him. Yes, been keeping my eye out for who the betrayer might be. We at least now have an accusation of who the betrayer is. So, lot lot packed into a few chapters. Sounds good.
0: Something I want to highlight. The well, the first thing I want to highlight, Elliot, you had a couple hypotheses not necessarily predictions i don't think you got that far on atm the state of atm and what atm would be doing is this did it hit your expectations it do you understand the implications i don't even know if i understand the implications of and the description of atm what did you think of atm
1: it was not what i thought it was going to be at all and this version is way cooler i all i was guessing before was that ATM was going to be some sort of destructive power, just because we saw Kelsier destroy a lot of things using ATM. Turns out it's not necessarily in and of itself explosive or destructive, but it's, it's like basically the ability to see a little bit into the future. And when you are burning ATM and you see someone else or they're coming at you to, to fight you, you get these little images like shadow images that go ahead of that person. So you can anticipate, you can see what they're going to do in the future, which is really cool and really powerful.
2: I'm actually curious to ask Elliot, uh, what did you think ATM might be? And and is this anything that you kind of, well, I'm assuming you couldn't really expect it. That's a pretty unique thing, but I'm just curious about what your thoughts are on ATM. Like, do you think it's cool? Do you think it's like, Anything like like? Are you impressed? Are you?
1: Just your general th- thoughts. I, I thought it was going to be something more straightforward. I Tangible. guess, like, yeah, like I, I don't know, shooting lasers from your eyes, or I don't know, some mm-hmm. something physically destructive of mm-hmm. you know, you're actually causing the damage with the power that ATM gives you, or or maybe like the the ability to I don't know, use friction to heat things up or something like that that went a completely different direction with it which i love actually i think this power is super cool way more interesting than anything i could have thought of the whole glimpse into the future thing it does make does make things more complicated yes
0: it was a couple episodes ago where Kelsier takes vin out into the mist for the first time and they do their tutorial training and he shows her the eight basic metals and you made a comment and you were like, "Man, it's really complicated to be a Mistborn. You have all sorts of different things in your arsenal at any given time. And you're saying if a thief jumps out of, of an alley at you, you have to know what to what to burn at a specific time. You also have to turn your copper on first. You know, like all these all these rules. Now, if you have a team at your disposal, I feel like it that changes the that changes these rules exponentially. If you have atm to burn now you see a hundred different things of what they'll do in the future especially if they have atm because then they're seeing what you're doing and you're seeing what they're doing which changes yeah it gets it gets it gets crazy
1: and and even more so by the fact that apparently unlike the other metals you can't pre-ingest your atm if you if you eat it too soon It'll degrade in your body, and so they they carry the ATM physically with them and have to you know shoot some pills real quick if they want to use it. So that's another thing you got to be thinking of is when someone jumps out of an alley at you, you got to make a quick call: Is this a misborn? Is this a misting? Is this just a regular thug? Do I need my ATM? Do I waste it now? Do I save it? Do I? A lot of decisions have to be made really quickly if you're a misborn.
0: And now that you know. What the function is once you burn it. any thoughts on where it's all going? We had the conversation of circulation of ATM. Any thoughts on what is happening to said ATM?
1: It's a great question. That's it, a really good question that I should have put more thought into, and I, I, I didn't, because we have this dilemma of only so much as being slowly allowed to, to flow out into circulation. What is he doing with the rest of it? the the base The bland assumption is that he's just stockpiling it, right? But I I, I had some theories before that I don't know that that's th- the case. That it seems like we, we talked about this has been over thousands and thousands of years, or at least maybe a what, thousand. one thousand. Yes. What? Yeah, eight a, a thousand years of stockpiling ATM. You would need warehouses full of this stuff to to keep it all. So I'm I'm going to guess it's being used up if it gives you the power to see into the future. Maybe maybe the lord rulers just constantly burning it all the time and that's a protection mechanism for him that he, you know, is trying to make sure he doesn't get assassinated so he just has a constant supply of it perhaps. I don't know. Would
0: that maybe explain why the inquisitors are already there? It certainly
1: could. If we're if we're talking about predict the future kind of stuff. Yes. In some ways, or maybe should not be surprised that they can anticipate his moves right. and be there before he is there. He just explained to Vin that, about this magical power, right. and then he's surprised a little later when they're standing there waiting for him. Yeah, it's a good point.
0: I, I do not remember if that is the case or not. That's just where my brain is going. So whether I'm correct or not in the comment section, don't say that I'm spoiling it for him or not because I don't remember so we, we will find out
2: yeah one of the things that I was thinking with it and like you're saying I think the ATM has to be used for something I don't think they're gonna find open a door to a warehouse and it's just stuffed full of ATM beads or something you know mm-hmm. there's obviously going to be stashes or, or and whatnot that houses hold but you know nothing like ridiculous and i the question is yeah what 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 might they be using it for I, I actually like the lord ruler idea i could very well see it it's like he's been stuffed full of atm or maybe he can enhance it to a higher degree and see farther into the future or things like that or see more like detailed things um i could fully see that being the case cuz we also just see it from vince's perspective of like the first time burning it as well i don't know if there's any like You can enhance with practice or things like that. Well, yeah, flaring ATM gets weird. Like, what does that do? Yeah, do you get to like, if you flare it, burn it like more at once? Do you like be further forward for a glimpse or like what? So, anyways, I feel like there's still some questions to ask about it. But I was curious to know like what you thought about like the concept. I think it's super cool and really clever. I think that's one of the coolest things that. Uh, Brandon Sanderson has included into this story, just because it makes things really, really crazy, interesting, and I like the fact that even if you had someone who like is an inexperienced fighter, if you can see into the future, like you could basically be anything, you know like and if, if you can and they can't, which is a really neat, a really neat power.
1: I have another thought that just came to me but I better save it for our Stormlight spoiler.
0: I have have a Stormlight spoiler to talk about (laughs) A-Team as well, which we can talk about at the end of the episode. And And I bet it's the same one Elliot had. Nah, maybe. All right, so Kelsier says to Vin at the top of this roof, first Kelsier actually goes after Vin's... Debrief and saying, "I met Ellen Venture." He actually goes to the Venture Keep first, that and that's where Vin finds Ellen. Is in uh, Luthadel, spying on on the Venture Keep, and she kind of has a panic moment of, "Wait, why is he? Why is he here? Is he gonna burn down this keep too? Like, what? What are we? What are we doing here?" And then he, I guess, loses interest and goes over to Credic Shaw, and that's where she confronts him. Or he confronts her one of the two and then he gives her the brief synopsis of well they can't know we're coming because i didn't even know we were coming so now that we're here let's just pop our head in real quick and see what we can find um and there's no way anybody could have betrayed us because nobody else knows so they run into cretic shaw run around for a little bit they find a book on an altar, and then they find, like, a vault that they can't get through, an Inquisitor sitting there. The Inquisitor seems fairly uninterested, like, this was all part of the plan, like, he's just here guarding, he doesn't really care about the misborns. they're more of an inconvenience than anything. Except, he does ask Vin a question as he's chasing her. Anyone catch what he asks
1: her? Is it the Tell me who spawned you, so I can go punish them basically. yes
0: the the thing that the inquisitor is interested in is actually Vin's father, not necessarily Vin herself. He assumes I guess that he's about to kill Vin and doesn't care about Vin at the moment, but he does want to know who her father is so that he can go you know inquisitor inquire shall we Inquisites say in- yeah, inquisitor so can
2: go. <laughs> Yeah, the, he just wants to talk. I'm sure. Yes,
0: exactly. So, he just
2: wants to meet, maybe he's interested in asking her out and wants to ask for his ask, first. yeah,
0: for his yes. her father's permission. Sure.
2: <laughs> My apologies go to inquire. everyone listening, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, inquire, inquire, her.
0: So I did think that was interesting. I picked that up that the Inquisitor is genuinely interested and doesn't know who her father is. And that's where his priorities are. So did you guys catch that as well? Note, n-
1: note that as notable? I, I noted I, it as, you know, not too notable, honestly, because it's fairly consistent, right? We, we've already known that they're, all the way back to the prologue, they're very particular about the genetics of it all, and protecting yeah. the bloodlines and not letting the powers get where they shouldn't be. So seemed consistent with their motives.
2: I actually did note it down more intentionally, um, which is funny because I didn't remember it whenever you asked, but it it shows that there is some kind of other motive beyond just Alomancer's bad kill Alomancer, Right. Um, and stuff, something, something like deeper, something more, more of a master plan potentially. Um, which might still just be Alamancer's bad, kill Alamancer, but like find the root cause, not the the fruit, I guess.
0: Sazed then comes in to save the day. And we can talk about how and why and what is all going on here in a second. But we get this from Vin's perspective at the end of chapter 14 and into chapter 15. Well, chapter 15's not Vin's perspective because she's unconscious, but The very end of chapter fourteen, Sazed walks up. She doesn't know it's Sazed, and she there's a there's a one specific line descriptor on that will maybe key us in on what exactly happened. She says she hears quote hears a sound like shattering branches unquote, and then she sees Sazed like pick her up and the, the. the inquisitor was like right there about to kill her and she was about to lose consciousness and all of a sudden says right there
1: what happened uh, Elliot? do you know what happened do i know what happened i have no idea what happened i do really so when i first read this i read it as a metaphor as says did something very powerful like crushed this inquisitor somehow and that this is just vin's Metaphor of the sound that she's hearing it was like shattered branches, right, but then when I was reading it a second time, I was like, You know what? What if this is literal? What if this is Ceed like threw an entire tree at <laughs> this guy, and he they're on top of the building, and Cezed somehow lifted an entire tree with magical powers up on top of the building and like smashed the inquisitor with it, and it literally was just like shattering branches everywhere, probably not, but that'd be cool. We, didn't... we
2: haven't really seen any like magic, magic. I mean, there's the magic of shooting coins, I guess, but you know, not like anything not metallic.
1: It wouldn't be too hard to wrap a metal band around the trunk of a tree, and then you can throw it around wherever you want.
2: That is also very true. True, that's a good point. I did not think of it. I mean,
0: if he's an alomancer, but I think we're approaching this thing in the incorrect way, just like Vin is, because he denies that he's an alomancer at the beginning of part three in chapter 16. Yep. Which we'll get to in a second. Um, cause he drops a couple titles uh, or descriptors about himself just offhand and then refuses to elaborate. So we'll, 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 get there in a second, but well, what else did we get? But, but at the end of part two, besides, uh, says it magical powers.
2: I, I want to take a step further back. If you don't mind. Sure. Back to chapter 13. um, so this is when Kelsir and Vin are talking. This is this is like quite a step back. Uh, Kelsir and Ven are talking and they're talking about like House Venture. This is before he, I believe it's before he goes over to mm-hmm. uh, over there or anything. To be um, a creeper, and, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so Elliot had put in the outline that you know, Ellen says, or sorry, Kelsir says Ellen is not an alomancer. Uh, which would which would break his theory um and i, I just wanted to say i noticed this as well and i thought it was just reading it from this perspective i thought that was an odd not an odd thing but you know like we don't fully know that kelsier knows that right like like he talks about the the snapping point right of an elementer of this like whenever you are like really faced with like serious like traumatic Moment maybe triggering your like fight or flight reflexes, and and, and things like that. That's usually when people discover their Allomancers because they will react and use Allomancy um, like that and kind of a snapping point. And he talks about how he experienced that in the pits of hath sin. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, and stuff. And so he's saying that Ellen is not an Allomancer because he had a near death experience years prior, with like an attack. Of house um, venture something like that, mm-hmm. and so he's not an alamancer. But that didn't seem convincing to me as a reader. Like like like, it seems convincing. Like that's a convincing point, but that is still hearsay. That is still like, sure, yeah, yeah. He broke in, and Ellen could have died, like almost died. You know, uh, therefore, and no one saw him use alamancy. Therefore. He's not an alamancer, but I'm thinking of the ways that you can use alamancy that may not have done anything in that scenario. Like, could he be a smoker or something more like laid back? You know, like he obviously wasn't. Like, if he had, if he was a, what's it called, um, a pewter burner? I can't think of the, <laughs> the term. I keep thinking like thug. a brute or a, yes, a thug. That's right. He was a thug, then yeah, like he he would have used Pewter to either save himself, run, or fight back, you know things like that. But like, could he be an Alumancer that's just not uh, so noticeable?
0: Not an important like that? Is that what you're trying to say?
2: Yeah, is he an unimportant, <laughs> oh, boring one instead yeah. of a really cool one? Is yeah. he a really lame Alumancer that Ellen just doesn't care about? And he's like, eh, not even worth being an Alumancer at that point.
1: I, I completely agree with you, Paul. It's it's a it's a piece of evidence that he was that ellen was apparently in danger and did not use any powers but i i'm still not even convinced that that makes him like not a misborn like that that is still my theory as i think he could still easily be a full on misborn again mainly pointing back to the whole like air of nonchalance that he has of he doesn't really care about him that that often comes from a place of power if you're more powerful than everyone around you, then you don't often care about what's around you, because why would you? You're you're a step above. That's a good point. I, I feel
2: like to answer this question more clearly, though, it, it is speculation, because we don't really see or hear a lot about the events. We're just told he almost died or something it, um, years past. So if it's like he was really like like he is going to die unless he... Flayer's pewter or something else right now? Um, or is it just like he broke in and had to run for his, like someone broke into their home and he had to run for his life kind of thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of levels that could be there, uh, I guess. And I'd be curious to know what. Uh, but anyways, that's what I wanted to take a step back at, and, and I was curious to to see what y'all
0: thought. actually reminded me of something else that I wanted to talk about, so I'm glad you brought it up. That has to do with having other people reveal their powers at a specific time we run around Credic shaw for a little bit and get chased by some inquisitors right and up until now we've been told that all inquisitors are seekers right so they all inquisitors can find burning alamancy and track them down and that's either why they're recruited or a byproduct of their recruitment or something like that um don't even know if like they're human or whatever but I think we kind of glossed over an important uh, fact in this chapter the inquisitor that Vin fights mirrors her atium and burns atium. does that not mean that he's more than a seeker?
1: right there's more evidence as well because the inquisitor that's coming after Vin Picks up a bowl of like metal, almost like throwing stars, and he throws them at her. I think, I think it it's pretty. Yeah, because doesn't he
0: yank on the it, coin bag that she's using to tether herself down the hallway?
1: Yes, or someone there, does. There is yes, there is there is yanking, there the p- pushing and pulling. There there is pushing and pulling <laughs> going on in a few scenes in the fighting, and then also when. Finn takes off and is doing the Spider-Man thing amongst all the spires. The Inquisitor chases her. Right. And it, 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 we're not explicitly told that they're using iron pulling. I'm still trying to learn all my terms. Iron pulling? Steel pushing and iron pulling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it it seems implied that that's the mode of transportation being used there. So I think we have an Inquisitor using steel and or iron and ATM and we know they're seekers. Yeah, I think we're firmly in misborn territory. Is seeking well, it, bronze or brass or one of those two? I don't remember. Well, it it
2: depends in my mind if inquisitors follow the same rules of elementancy that Alamancers sure. do. Right. Because at least what we've learned from Kelsier is that you are I like you're either not an Alamancer, you are a misting we being able to do one, mm-hmm. or a misborn being able to do all of them. There's not like a you can do two or three or four. It's either zero, one, or all of them. Right. So if they are the same, and we have seen evidence. I I fully agree that they would be like misborn. Right. Um. It, uh, if we're going by that rule, if if they're different, then it's possible they could be able to use. They could be able to be seekers use ATM and something else, or or maybe there's like a couple or maybe it's all. I I don't actually know, but if we're going by those same rules, then yeah, they should be able to use everything.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because I guess it was a decent reveal that we hadn't really talked about.
2: Also something that I'm thinking about because inquisitors are revered as like unkillable. Like it's maybe you if you if you're really really skilled like like if you're Kelsier and you're a super skilled misborn and super crafty, you can like distract an inquisitor, but there's some steps still like almost past this like misborn level, which I's like I can't quite understand. You know, like I feel like a misborn should be able to deal with them or something, right? So I'm assuming that there is like a misborn level and beyond with visitors That's still a mystery.
1: Yeah. There's so, totally totally a big mystery. There there's definitely something because Seiza just dropped a tree on one or some <laughs> other <laughs> equivalent that destruction of that's some my
0: headcanon now. There's just a tree that just right on top of an yeah. inquisitor. Yeah. Whether that happened or not, we maybe mm-hmm. we'll find
1: out. But that's what like that's what happened in my mind like a big old oak and you know branches and leaves just kind of fluttering everywhere for a little while anyway. Mm-hmm. The uh something is going on with these inquisitors. Sayzed was able to stop one in his tracks. It was about to kill Vin and he takes it out of the the equation completely with shattering branches a mm-hmm. sound like shattered branches.
2: Maybe he just but has a
1: scary voice,
2: you know. Maybe, maybe he sounded like Shattering Branches, you know?
1: I mean, there's a lot of We're possibilities here. But I'm I'm assuming a sound like Shattering Branches means something violent. He, he did something violent to this Inquisitor, stopped it in his tracks. But then later on, he makes it very clear, oh no, that didn't kill it. It didn't come anywhere close to killing it. So it seems like we've got some kind of either like regenerative powers or something here where... They apparently can take a lot of damage and bounce back from it.
0: Anything else for part two before we talk about Sazed a little more
1: in part three? Just one more note that I have. As Vin and Kelsier are approaching the the castle, Vin feels this oppression, this emotional and maybe even also physical pressure on her. And Kelsier explains that it, it that comes from the presence of the Lord Ruler, uh, almost as if like the Lord Ruler is radiating this depression, almost, which I found really interesting. And I think, I think Kelsier tells Vin to turn on her, her, copper, her on. copper. Yeah, and when she does that, it sh- it it shelters her from it at least somewhat. So I I imply from that that this feeling that Vin is getting is magical potentially alemantic in some sense of the lord ruler is doing something that is emanating a oppressive sense force whatever you want to call it i don't know what to make of that yeah. but it's
0: weird i found i found it more interesting that copper solved it as opposed to yeah she felt like a depression approaching the creepy castle, like approaching the creepy castle. I feel like would be gloomy to start, right. but then Kelsey's like, Oh yeah, just burn your copper. You probably should have your copper on anyway, but just burn, burn your copper. And then that solves it. So that would imply yeah. that there is something
1: specific there. And what if back to our other discussion, what if maybe that's the byproduct of burning ATM all the time? Like if you, If you burn ATM just a little bit, nobody's going to notice. But for some reason, if you burn ATM 24-7 for years, you start to take on this oppressive, emotionally black cloud-type eminence. Okay. Somehow. Maybe.
0: Are you saying that it would just be like coincidence that they were approaching Credic Shaw right after they did their ATM tutorial, and so they... Mistook one
1: for one cause for the other, maybe. I'm tying it more of to the theory of where's all the ATM going. Oh, maybe okay. the Lord Ruler is burning it all. Maybe a symptom of burning ATM all the time as you start to emanate this depression from you somehow. Okay. And other other Alamancers can, can sense that as they get closer. Elliot, do you have a theme for part two? I I do, and just like part one, it's not quite as intertwined and tying into like all the different plot lines. I really, only kind of have one plot line anyway in this uh, in this book. True. But th- theme of part two is I I wrote down danger, and I'm mainly thinking of the hit on the the cruise hideout with all the blood and destruction everywhere, and then this encounter with the inquisitors here at the end. I, we we've ratcheted up the danger factor not only is it we're afraid we're living in this oppressive society we, we've now learned what the what the empire is capable of and it's very dangerous yeah all right what's up with Sazed? Ooh, this is like top of my list of questions right now what is up with that guy he he drops a couple terms ellie did you pick up said terms I picked up a few and then promptly wrote them down. He's he's talked before about being a keeper and what that means. He he's a loyal guy. You can you know keep him around. He's a keeper. Yeah, he's a keeper.
0: I, yeah, that's yeah. right. He's <laughs> a he's a keeper.
2: I don't know why I've Did never just... thought of that. <laughs> I'm actually kind of upset with myself <laughs> that I read this series and never once thought about that. Yeah, yeah, he's a keeper.
1: He specifically says he's not an Alamancer. Although if you were an Alamancer and trying to hide it, isn't that exactly what you'd say? Yes. Same. No, um, you'd say I, it
2: really sarcastically, like, Oh yeah, I'm totally an Alamancer. Yeah, bro. <laughs> totally.
1: I that's what I, I didn't see any sarcasm font as I was reading, so I'm gonna assume that's not the case. And okay. that uh <laughs> he's um I actually I think I believe him here because he's giving an he's giving an alternative. He's talking about being a keeper. He talks about keepers being storehouses and that he he uses metals to create memories. That is the quote. He also I have a I have a theory. You guys ready for my theory? I am ready for your theory. Okay. The theory is that Seized is Neo from the Matrix. Okay, or or actually any character from the Matrix, really. <laughs> and let me let me explain. He he also makes a reference to the fact that he's not just one man in that same like paragraph where he's talking about the the metals to create memories. And let's see, he also yeah, there's one more bit of of evidence here. Yeah, metal mines. Mm-hmm. So. He makes a comment about metal minds, and something about storing information. So so here's what I think. I think we might have some kind of, like, hive mind thing going on with keepers, potentially, okay. where if you store a memory in a metal mind, you can then share that metal mind with other keepers. Okay. So that could be how says it has all this knowledge and this is how he knows 172 languages and 163 religions or whatever it is he didn't study all those but somebody did and put them in a metal mind and then here's where the matrix reference comes in you just he just has to download that data you know he's he's plugged into the matrix and he needs to be like oh i need kung fu download the kung fu file and they, they, sure, they go over to the bookshelf and they pull out the Kung Fu disk and they, you know, stick it in and download. And he goes like this and says, I know Kung Fu. And so he can do that for, you know, whatever he whatever he wants to know. If he needs to know a language, he just kind of accesses that metal mind and boom, there he has it.
2: I like it. I think that's pretty cool. Could that work with Elemancy? Can you say download,
1: you know, download thugs i excellent question my my first thought is i wonder if if the answer is no i wonder if this downloadable information is purely knowledge so like if there's anything that you just it's based on knowing how to do it you can he can download it but i wonder if allomancy is more genetic that's what i was gonna say the distinction has to be yeah it's
2: like because you, you can't teach someone who's not an alomancer how to alomance, right? Right, but I didn't know if this, like, there's I think obviously that's the some... second
0: time you used alomance as a verb, and I really hate it. But alomance is are. not a verb,
2: I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love alomancing, it's one of my favorite pastimes, actually. <laughs> I love shooting some coins in my spare time, anyways. I'm really good at tiddlywinks. Uh, sorry, um. <laughs> uh okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh anyways anyways this is this does seem to be some form of maybe magic or, or something involved especially if what you're saying is true elliot of like you can like download this from a hive mind or something that sounds like a magical you know thing uh, <laughs> i don't know why that's or and so i'm wondering if it it would be possible to gain alamancy in that way? If so, then yeah. then he would just be like a misborn, right? Because given, the, I assume, the wealth of knowledge he can pull from, he would be able to, to have gotten all of them. So I would maybe could reason
1: out of that's not possible. I agree, based on the very limited knowledge I have of magic on this planet. That still doesn't explain how he dropped a tree on an Inquisitor, though. It very much does not explain how he dropped a tree on an Inquisitor. There there are so many questions left here, which is why I said he's top of my list. And I'm also going out on a limb on this quite a wow. bit. And that, <laughs> thank, thank you, Paul. <laughs> I can't believe I'm you just, said that. I'm just
0: editing out the last five minutes of the podcast. and We're just going to do a, <laughs> We're just going to do a skip. Oh
1: man. I, I'm, Wow, Trevor's I'm grasping it, over here. I'm, I'm grasping it. I'm grasping it at straws to kind of come up with my downloading <laughs> kung fu from the the matrix theory. I I have again like one sentence to base this entire theory off of. So I'm, I'm, I'm fully ready for this not to be the case and that metal minds and keepers are something different. But this is, this is everything that went through my head when I read these two sentences. Sounds good.
0: There's a line that it tells Vin, and he says, The Lord Ruler hunts keepers relentlessly, even more so than Alimancers. The Lord Ruler can, can handle the existence of and in Mistborn, with, among the nobility at least. But he hunts keepers relentlessly. What did you guys think of that
1: line and the implications there? We already got a hint at this before at some point that keepers are, or was it, I think it was in direct reference to keepers that they are controlled or hunted by the Lord ruler, that they are a powerful force and that the Lord ruler does not want them off unchecked. It seems proper course for this Lord ruler person for me.
0: Yeah. I, it just makes me wonder if the spread and saving of, ideas and history is more of a threat to the lord ruler than coin like shooting coins from your hand
1: um which is just an interesting concept to brew on on why that would be the case it it is and i can think of this in two ways there's the the danger that the knowledge itself might bring which would be is the lord ruler afraid of something in the past right or is there something in the history of this culture or this planet that he does not want the general populace knowing and keepers having access to all these stored memories could be you know a dangerous way to uncover said information but but then there's the other side the more like metaphysical side which is somehow says it is wielding his powers in a very physical way. Yeah. He just dropped a tree on an equipment. He probably did not drop a tree. We got to stop using that. <laughs> no, we're,
0: that, that is, that is canon until proven otherwise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Seized has done something very powerful in the physical realm with the powers that he has. So purely it's not just knowledge. It's it's not just ideas. Ideas are powerful. Very, very powerful. Yeah. But Sayzed clearly has, physical power perhaps based on this knowledge somehow so maybe the lord ruler is afraid of that maybe Mm, the lord ruler is afraid of oh man if a whole army of people that can drop trees on people with their knowledge (laughs) could overthrow me that was a great sentence
0: (laughs) that's all the information i have so far that's a great sentence man this episode's wild okay um and then we end the we end chapter sixteen with a conversation back towards Kelsier between Sazed and Vin, and Vin mentions or Sazed mentions I don't know one of them brings up the betrayal from before, and Sazed says, "Yeah, it's common, it's commonly accepted among the crew that it was Mayor Kelsier's old wife, who was the betrayer the last time around three years ago or whatever it was." Ellie, what was your reaction
1: to that? It's it's potentially putting in jeopardy another one of my early theories or thoughts, which was that we would see that betrayer again, or that that betrayer is like actively still working on in the in the scene in the in the story. But as far as we know, that we've been told, Mare died, right in in the pits, within sight Cal- of Kelsier, was, yeah. Right, and he was there, and so that might squash my theory that the the betrayer is still on the loose. I don't know
0: anything else before we get into other Cosmere spoilers. No, okay. If you have not read the Stormlight Archive or other Brandon Sanderson things that the Cosmere or that the podcast has covered, I would suggest that you leave.
2: Um, <laughs> okay question i've been wait 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 wait, 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 wait me first <sighs> it's not a question it's really quick and it'll make you okay. upset that you gave me the mic and then we'll move on all i can think about this whole time is i am a stick i am a stick talking about our tree that the got, branch so that oh, got... the tree. <laughs> it has to be it has to canonically be the same br- the tree s- the stick yeah like like the stick came from that tree And it is so unwavering to Shalon because it has seen it's been used for so much; it's so tired. The potential of the stick is so high. Yes, it's been broken before, and it's just so hurt that, of course, it's not going to listen to Shalon. So I think this is a canonically confirmed um, backstory for the stick. stick. Yeah, the stick. Yeah, the the stick is unwilling to move, unwilling to to change, unwilling to break and because it's been hurt before
0: yeah well let's talk about the stick a little bit more though because on roshar trees aren't really a thing i mean there are some trees on roshar but most fauna on um roshar are floral flora flora Mm -hmm. thank you most flora on roshar is buddy and little Mm -hmm. like coral-esque not branch-esque so where did this stick come from
2: I mean, this obviously has to be that stick because also, think about how many high storms come through Roshar, <laughs> and like the the amount of weathering that would happen. This has to be a resilient stick, possibly from another planet, possibly not even from Roshar. Does that
0: mean Skadriel is to the east of Roshar yeah, in of in Shadesmar, and it blew over? Mm-hmm. Okay, got you it. You
2: were reading my mind. Yeah, the winds coming in in a westward way, obviously brought Skadriel
0: is the origin. The origin schedule sends High Storms to Roshar, confirmed.
2: Yes. Wow, okay, so I'm so grateful for these Stormlight parts that we just get to uncover. see, (laughs) Elliot, this is what you've been missing out on. I mean, me and Elliot have been holding in that secret for a long long time. (laughs) We've just been waiting for the big stick reveal. Man.
0: It's like at the end of Rhythm of War when I finally got to talk to you guys about all my theories. Okay, <laughs> listen up. <laughs> There's a stick.
1: I'm, I'm with it. It makes perfect sense, right? Shalon is trying to convince the stick that fire is cooler. It's like, dude, you can be fire. Think of how cool that is. And the stick is like, Shalon, I have taken out <laughs> an have... Inquisitor by falling yeah. from the skies, <laughs> being thrown by a man, saving the day. For Vin, who then goes on to save the planet or whatever else he's going to do. You have no idea how cool it is. I am a, a stick. stick. I am a stick. Yes. Is, uh, I mean, I can respect
2: the stick's pride, for sure. on that. Like, like you're right. Like, who else can say that they've combat an Inquisitor and lived to see the day, like the end of the day? Of course, what? he's going to go retire to a peaceful life on Roshar, unbothered by, by filthy... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't choke on your tea. <laughs> so watching Elliot laugh actually cracked me up. Uh, um,
1: okay. Yeah. Yes. Headcanon confirmed. 100%. I, I yes.
0: love that the fact yeah. that the, the part that cracked Elliot was the word peaceful life on Roshar, and that yeah. was the funny <laughs> the, part the as opposed to... <laughs> yes.
2: retiring to yeah. Exactly. Great.
0: Oh man, I don't know if I can top that with my actual serious... Prediction <laughs> here that's coming up. Okay, um, we started the episode talking about Atium, Atium powers, and what ATM powers seem to allow you to glimpse into the future. What else have we seen that lets you glimpse into the future?
2: Renarin. I, okay. Corrupted void, corrupted truth. Watcher, an unmade,
0: spray. maybe.
2: Uh huh. Mayhaps.
1: What else? Not where my brain went. Not where my brain went either. I went to Teravangian first. Not where my brain went his, either. His diagram, his whole I've seen the end and it's useless speech. hmm My brain so Where did your brain go? My
0: brain went to Six of the Dusk when AVRs Ooh. give you a glimpse briefly into the future Ooh. on potential deaths that are about to happen to you. I'm wondering if there's a tie between
1: AVR and ATM. Mm. You have to stew on that for a while. I mean, ultimately, there's a bit of a side change from what you're saying there, but I'm, I'm trying to tie our magical powers to a shard of mm-hmm. some kind. Yeah. I'm still really struggling with that, and I'm trying to figure out if ATM is perhaps our, our key there. Our, can, can I take these magical powers that we're learning about? ATM specifically, and that ability to see into the future, and tie that to attributes of a shard. And I think you've told us, I think you told us at some point the name of the shards. Plural. It was. It was told to
0: you at one point. I will. I will not tell you now because it is extremely relevant. But you were told yeah. at one point, and I would advise not to go looking for it.
1: Yeah, I wasn't. I I have some words on the tip of my brain that are either like those or or close but I, I'm, I'm not going to share them because I'm trying to put the, the pieces of the puzzle together the correct Without way. Without them, right. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, trying, it... I'm trying to piece together the, the elements of this and the abilities that are going to tie back to a where's all this magic coming from?
0: I, I think it was Ace in our Discord who talked about this to me. They were saying that specifically you, Elliot, are approaching Mistborn in such a unique way because you are looking for the shard but the majority yes. of the mistborn readers don't know what that means have never heard of such a term at this point right so it is such a strange way to approach mistborn of looking for the shard as opposed to looking for you know the price of allomancy specifically because that's all that's what we all we've right. learned
1: and i will say a very obvious prediction to make is that the lord ruler is a vessel right of red shard that they are that they're wielding their power and potentially have immortality because they are the body that's housing a shard so that's that's maybe option number one on the list right now all right another thing
0: we talked about is metal mines and downloading data data datum um who else
1: can download data on a whim. I did not think about this at all until you typed those words into the outline and then the unanswer jumped out at me and that name was hoyd because not where my was we recently very recently had an issue yes. with the ability to download or not download memories he thinks he has in his yes. possession
0: i feel like anytime we talk about the end of rhythm of war paul like has an epiphany because he doesn't remember the end of rhythm of war. like specifically todium in our uh, stormlight current episode you're like i completely forgot about that but
1: yeah yes this is rhythm of war epilogue that you're talking about right elliot yes yes so hoid has separated memories onto stuff he's carrying yes through potentially breaths related powers that was the conclusion
0: we came to i don't know if that's spelled out for us or if that's just presumed i don't remember how we came to that
2: yeah i i think so i think that was kind of our my own guesstimation and our our, like speculating i don't actually know
0: how doesn't yes doesn't the cloak change color
1: and that's why we talked about that or something yeah anyway not sure if that that's a similar ability or or maybe we're confusing things and whatever theory I'm spinning here about metal mines is just that's what Hoyd was doing. Yeah. Instead of the breaths thing.
0: Maybe. My brain went to Shy in the Emperor's Soul. She can stamp herself to learn Kung Fu. Right?
1: Early, yeah. Yeah. And, and... Finish your thought. Uh, th- brain empty. Go ahead. You're you're spinning a, a lot of cogs and wheels just kicked into gear in my brain because I actually went back and reread Emperor's Soul while we were on our break not too long ago, and it specifically talks about how when she writes those soul stamps and when she applies them to herself, it it gives her memories of a past life she didn't live. Yeah. But it's it's not it's not just the abilities that she be, that she takes on. It's the full life of that person. Yep. She has memories, she has feelings and emotions and relationships that go back beyond, you know, the point of writing that that stamp. So that could I could absolutely be relevant.
2: But, but... And there's the whole like interesting conversation between shy and Hoyd, which was even like yes which was yes very like that was one of my favorite things that you showed us Trevor that we read like that like felt life-changing to me I don't know fully why but it was really really cool and so I mean I think that would be pretty sick if I don't know maybe Hoyd just has an extra in case of emergency Hoyd stamp you know that he got or could get from shy or something but I don't know but I don't... Do you think this has any relationship to our Mistborn? Like, do, like, do we think says is using soul stamps? That mm. seems like it'd be a stretch, especially for this time in Brandon Sanderson's writing, right? Right. I don't know the lineage and of when that was written.
0: It It is pretty easy to meta-think it and say no, just simply because Emperor's Soul is after Mistborn. Mm-hmm. But it's easy. It, it's it's relevant to pull that in because of similar rules that they're gonna play by, right? Where it, you can't always have these powers. You have to stamp them on yourself. Maybe Sazed has a similar thing of you can't always have these powers. You have to equip a metal mind, whatever that means.
1: I'm I'm having all these thoughts too, but I'm almost hesitant to to spin too far down these these theories just because. We don't know enough yet about what these metal mines are. Right. At least I know. You guys do. But I I wanna know I want some more evidence. I need some more evidence before we go and spin this huge, elaborate theory that then is gonna immediately fall apart one chapter later when I read something obvious about metal mines. That
0: has been the that has been the trend, right? We're sitting twenty minutes theorizing about something, and then Kelsey literally gives a PowerPoint presentation to Vin yes. the <laughs> next chapter. Yes. Has happened. Yes. Has happened. Things happen more than once. Anything else for 139, gentlemen? Not. All right. Let's continue reading, and we will reconvene for episode 140 next week. Thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot.
1: Later.